Hey everybody, welcome to uh, part two slash another episode of the Whiskey Geeks. Uh, what a terrible introduction. My name is Tim. And I'm Alex, and we are two brothers on a quest to bring you the perfect pairing of whiskey and comics. But like you said, part two, yeah. which means today's all about the comics. Yeah, and it's like we haven't done this 50 times. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, today, <laughs> we are following up last week, part one of our pairing of uh, Ardbeg, uh, Wee Beastie, and Swamp Thing. Booyah! Um, yeah. So go check out our last episode uh on either our youtube channel or podcast wherever you're getting this um and you can hear part one of this you should probably just stop this right now and then go watch that and then come back here um or if you're just here for comics and you don't really care about whiskey cool welcome happy to have you do that we're gonna too. talk we're, <laughs> we're, we're gonna talk swamp thing for a while so alan moore's uh saga of the swamp thing you can see it behind both of us for those watching um what an effing awesome book this is it's just it's so much fun it's like we we often we often say that if you like good stories you're gonna like comics like there is a comic for you Mm. if you are someone who enjoys a good story um if you go to our website thewhiskeygeeks.com we've got an intro to comics piece that we wrote and that was one of the prevailing themes in it was that if you aren't a consumer of graphic novels or comic books because I mean, for whatever the reason is there is one you're going to enjoy if you like stories. Right. Yeah. So, and this one is just a really great story. It's yeah. It's amazing. It's, I mean, it's kind of known and across the world of comics and people who have read these things that this is kind of a masterpiece. Um, Yeah. And like, a must read and one of the seminal works kind of also kicked off a career of someone who is arguably one of the best to ever do it. Um, but what I want, I want to ask you, we didn't even prep this question, but I want to ask you, what's your history with Swamp Thing? Did you read a lot prior to us launching the show and deciding to do this book? Like what's, what's your kind of, what no. was your knowledge? No. So my, yeah. my knowledge was like very limited. So I knew that there was a like horror, like a Wes Craven movie from the early Mm -hmm. eighties. I knew that, I mean, obviously I knew he was a character in the DC universe. I knew that he was someone who was seen as like really, really, really strong and really, really, really hard to kill. But I didn't really know any of the, the backstory. I didn't know like, you know, really where his powers came from. I was like, all right, so he's some guy who, you know, had some type of accident and he's a plant man now. Cool. So that was yeah. sort of what I knew going into picking this book up when we decided if we're going to do a season called The Essentials and hit essential comic books, all right, we're going to have to read this one. So that's yeah. that's where I came from. So what about you? Did you know much going in before you read this? No, I mean, it's been... I've, I've had this on my to read list for a number of years. Um, to be perfectly honest, this, the reason why this was on my to read list is uh, Kevin Smith. <laughs> so yeah. like I used to listen to way back in the, I mean, he isn't really doing a lot of podcasts anymore, but when he was doing a prolific amount of podcasts, he had his fat man on Batman show, which was pretty much all about mostly Batman, but it was just a lot of comic book stuff. But like he would constantly bring up, 
the Alan Moore Swamp Thing run as a like it redefined horror, it redefined psychological thrillers, it redefined comic books, it kind of redefined graphic novel storytelling and how people all of a sudden like really took this medium a lot more serious than they were before. Cause before it was like, Hey there spider friends, this is all fun for kids. And then this book came around. Like, so he just, he talked about it and multiple people have talked about it like that for so long that I was like, I need to read that. But it was just never, I never got, never read it. So like over a year ago when we started kind of coming up with the show and doing all of this, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to buy it. I saw it and I'm like, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to read it. We'll get to it eventually. And as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's bonkers. So, I mean, and I know like, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but from my memory of listening to people talk about this, um, Swamp Thing as a character, like, you know, created by Len Wayne and mm, I'm going to forget the artist. That's embarrassing. Stephen Bissett. No, no, he's the one who no. drew that one. Hold on. Hold Weinstein. On. Keep talking. It's Bernstein. it's right in it's, it's right in the like intro. That. It's right um, in the intro. That's embarrassing for me running a comic book show and I forget those names. It's official. You suck. Um anyway, so they created the character, they were writing it, and it was kind of not doing great um, sales wise. And it was, you know, kind of hit and miss and it was doing okay. And then, uh, Len Wein, the, you know, the writer who kind of came Bernie up with the concept. Bernie Wrightson. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Um, sorry, Bernie. He's passed away though. I actually do know that. So rip rest in peace, <laughs> Bernie. Um, anyway, so Len Wein actually called Alan Moore out of the blue and, like called him on the phone and was just like, Hey, I want you to start writing Swamp Thing comics. And um, I hung up on, got hung up on and then called him back. And then, uh, <laughs> when he did start doing it, it like became one of the most popular books in DC and what Alan Moore did with the character is just phenomenal. So we're not going to get into too many spoilery things about the book. Um, we're going to do a no. little bit of plot stuff. <laughs> we'll do a bit. We're not going to, I, I want to talk about the main. I want to talk about the main thing, though, like not the story like, plot, but but about Swamp Thing. Yeah, the character. We'll do a bit of that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. But I'm saying, like, I don't want to. I I want people to go and read this. So we're not. This isn't going to be a. Here's a beat by beat plot yeah. of the book. We're going to do kind of synopsis, but 100. percent We have to talk about that because that's why it's so good. Yeah. If you don't want to know anything about the book and you just want to go and read it, you can just stop watching or stop listening. Until you read it, and then you can come back and listen. So, yeah. there's your warning. Um, okay, where do you want to start? I, I just want to go right into how he took the character and completely, like, took it apart. He of, redid the backstory, basically. Like he just, yeah, like completely redid the backstory. So, like Swamp Thing, like, so Alec Holland is killed, is thrown into a swamp. And then is brought back to life and is now the swamp thing. And what he's trying to do throughout the course of the previous era of comics is he was trying to refine his humanity. So that was sort of his quest, right? Is to rediscover his humanity, to hold on to that. Yeah. So it's your typical, it's your typical kind of body horror monster story 
of tragic accident. This person is now a creation of, or is now a monster. It is it like at the core of it, it is your Wolfman mummy vampire Franken, not yeah. Frankenstein, you know, I mean, Frankenstein. It's your typical monster story was how it was archetyped at the beginning. Yeah. So. And Alan Moore came in and immediately just threw that out and said, no, Swamp Thing's not even, yeah, Swamp Thing's not human. Like what happened was the living plant life in the swamp fed on his body, absorbed his consciousness, and then formed a body with the memories and consciousness of Alec Haldwin, a Holland. But this is just a plant. Like this is not a human. There is no find his humanity again. And then and when he finds that out, he's now grappling with the memories of a human who is trying to become human again now with the knowledge that he's not actually like he is not Alec. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It basically, Which I just like thought it, was really cool. It, it Yeah. He, he turned it into from like a monster story into an existential crisis thriller. Yes. Right. Cause now, like now the core of swamp thing is he's, he's legit has an existential crisis where he, to kill him, he cut like he gets reanimated by the Floronic man, which we'll talk about him as the big bad. But then, and then the Floronic man like tells him this, like, you're not Alec Holland. You're just a bunch of plants. Yeah. He then like, goes back into the swamp and then just his body goes into the swamp and he just basically turns into a vegetable again. And then there's this, there's like a number of issues that are just an existential crisis of who the fuck am I? (laughs) What am I? What even is life? If I'm not this, but that's what I think I am. So it like completely flipped it from monster story to psychological, emotional thriller. Yeah. Which yeah, there's that genius. there's that run of his consciousness searching the swamp for his own remains. Yeah. And he's having a conversation. I mean, he again, right? So like his consciousness is having a conversation with another part of his subconscious holding the skull of Alec Holland, who's yeah. yelling at him, You can't let me go. I'm your humanity. Yeah. And then he's and then Swamp Thing's grappling with, no, I've got to. I've got to put this aside for me to be able to move on. And and basically in the artwork, it looks like an LSD trip as he's like wandering the swamp. And it's, I mean, it's trippy. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's really, I mean, it's just really good artwork too. Yeah. So I'll, for those watching on YouTube, you're about to start seeing a whole bunch of uh, panels from <laughs> that book showing up to kind of show you the artwork. Um, and how, how great it is. Yeah. I mean, for me, the, the art it's, it's, this is what comic book art, this is like the nostalgia thing for me, because when I first started reading comics, it was, you know, in the nineties, but I was reading a lot of stuff from the late eighties, early nineties, which is the same kind of art style as this. So this just hits me right in the feels of like, just takes me back to that. Although, I mean, I definitely wouldn't have been reading this as a kid. A, if I'd picked this up when I was nine, I would have been probably horrified. And just Um, wouldn't get it. And wouldn't have understood it. Yeah. Because it's, this is not a, hey, spider friends. Um, (laughs) The other, like, the crazy thing is like, Alan Moore turning this into like a psychological, existential, 
like thriller story, um, you know, completely takes it out of the, like the superhero punchy punch <laughs> aspect, which is like, yeah, must've been such a weird trip in the time because that's what the medium, like the big hitters at the time were, you know, I mean, and the justice league makes a really small appearance. It almost to the point where like, it seems like an editor's note of like, you know, this is the DC universe. Can you just put the justice league in it? And it's like, fuck fine here. Here's the watchtower. The justice league is watching. (laughs) And they're almost watching being like, really? You're calling us for this guy. Yeah. The the plant dude. Nah, I don't don't know. And even green arrows. Like, I don't have time for that. (laughs) It's like, dude, your green arrow. (laughs) Yeah. More than enough time. Um, so yeah, it's it's great. Um, let's talk quickly. We'll we'll touch on the Floronic Man because he's yeah. also like and you know, and it's that it's that trope of like the hero needs a villain that is complementary, or let's just make the villain kind of similar. And so if the hero is a giant swamp creature, let's what is the Floronic Man? Tell so, tell the people. So in the same way that Swamp Thing wants his humanity the Floronic man wants what Swamp Thing has. So he is taken out of prison because the Floronic man was a, a villain that was present and his name, uh, his last is Woodrow. Mm-hmm. And he had been, he'd been put in prison because he was working on a compound that could affect uh, human tissue and, and turn them into like plant is what they yeah. were thinking. Yeah. Um, except his human skin is actually his disguise. And he's got this like aerosol can that he sprays. And then it's like, shows that he's sort of made of plants underneath because of experiment gone wrong. So you're like, Oh, okay. So he's the same as swamp thing, except he can't like listen to the plants. He can't control the plants. And that's what he wants. Because he's always thought what Swamp Thing had was that connection with what is called like the green, which is where Swamp Thing gets his powers. That's what he wants. So it's this nice dichotomy of hero and villain, each wanting what the other one has. And then so Woodrow hooks himself up with some uh, diodes on his head and shocks a bit of old Swampy and infuses himself with that essence and is now able to communicate with the green as well, except it turns him batshit crazy. Yeah. I mean, he also has the same kind of existential crisis of like, yeah. what am I, what am I going to do? But you know, whereas swamp thing is able to kind of get through it in a healthy, healthy, in a healthy way that is productive to himself to not be destructive. Woodrow's goes the other way. Does it but it's ever. like a, it's but it's an amazing like you know contrast of like yeah they're both going through the same thing you think they'd be able to bond with it but it just cracks him in in, in a different way and yeah. he goes quite yeah, and I really yeah he gets completely taken over and there's a flip in the book where they're always talking about there's this green world where it's a world mm-hmm. of peace yeah. and that's what swamp thing when he's narrating the first couple issues in this it's there's the green. If only I can get back to the green. Um, humanity is taking away all the dark places in the world. 
Um, in the very first yeah. issue, he's trying to get back to the forest, back to the swamp. And there's all these spotlights that have been put up to try and find him in the woods and that they're using flamethrowers to try and catch him. And he's like, I just need to get to the dark green places again. When Woodrow gets hooked up and is into the green, it flips. And now they're talking about there's this red world. Mm. And that's the human world that they're now talking about. And it's the human world is invading on all of the green and this power that he has now been able to tap into totally takes control of him. And what would a super angry natural world want to do with humanity that's encroaching on it? Yeah. Treat it like a virus and get rid of it. So that's what he starts trying to do. With an interesting way, which I don't want to, let's not. No, because no, no, it's, it's super cool. So yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was like, it's a very intriguing story when you go in thinking, oh, it's a monster book because, you know, you've heard of Swamp Thing and, you know, it's it, it harkens back to that something from the Blue Lagoon. And, and it's something that even Alan Moore touched on in interviews where he said, I wanted to take something that people knew and, you know, go back to the like the monsters of this type from like the 40s, 50s, 60s. But he goes, the but they're played monsters, out. Yeah. 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 But he goes, but they're all played out. So I had to do something different. And then makes this more of a psychological thriller, a an argument about what is humanity? What does it mean to be human? Um, are we just a collection of our memories? In which case, do we live forever through other people, like via that weird consciousness thing? So anyways, it was it's really, really interesting. Um, and yeah. I really I really like the direction that it took the comic medium um, as a whole. Yeah. And so there's a number of ways that you can pick this up. As you can see behind us, we've just got trade paperback volume one, the saga of the swamp thing. There's, I think six volumes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Alan Moore wrote swamp thing for about four years. Um, There's also, so, and, and here's the, here's the cool thing. A lot of people, I'm going to talk about something. A lot of people crap on it, but if the old school seventies, eighties comic book art is not for you and you like the new stuff, good news there is something called the absolute swamp thing collection, which is a nice gorgeous looking hardcover that comes in a slip case. The, like the covers like almost mossy um, as well, but they recolored it. Um, So now for folks looking on YouTube, I will flash some comparison panels side by side. So you can see people who really like the old school classic art are really not happy about (laughs) about what they did. Um, Like don't reinterpret art. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm on the fence. I want to get it because I love the story. Um, it's about a hundred bucks though. So it's pretty pricey. Uh, for those just listening to the audio version of the podcast, go to our Instagram. I will put up some of the stuff. So put up some of the art from the original and the new one. So you can see, but there's a number of like, this is, they've repackaged this. There's a number of ways that you can get it. You can get the single issue still. Um, but, uh, the, the trade paperbacks that, you see behind us, you can get them at your local, local comic every shop. local. Yeah. Every local comic shop is going to have it just because it is one of those essential reads. Indigo has and, it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can buy it online very easily and it's not that expensive to get the trade paperbacks and it's an amazing book and it, it's what launched Alan Moore. Yeah. So can we really talk about him? Yeah. Let's talk about that a little more. So sure. Cause when, people might not know what else Alan Moore has done. <laughs> Do you like haunted attractions and Halloween things? 
Do you like behind-the-scenes stories? Do you like listening to two girls go off on random, meandering tangents? Well, we've got the podcast for you. I'm Courtney. And I'm Brianne. And you can hear all those things on the Just Just Haunted House House Things podcast. So yeah, if there's anyone here who doesn't know what Alan Moore did comic book-wise after he Mm. got the nod for Swamp Thing, um, have you heard of The Watchmen? I have. It's really good. Yeah, that, that was Alan Moore. Um, V for Vendetta. Oh, another good one. Yeah. Also him. I would say it's vivaciously victorious in its vivication of viscosity. I was trying to get more V words and I I ran out after three. (laughs) That's pretty good. No, but that, like that rant in like, especially in the movie where he's saying it, oh, it's incredible. Uh, And then right up there with my favorite Batman runs ever is Batman, the killing joke. So good. So he did those. Yeah. And if you don't want to go out and like pick up Batman, the killing joke, like there is a, a movie of this. It's on Netflix. You can go watch it. It's really good too. But yeah. I mean, go, so, I mean, it. I guess that's the, that's the one really awesome thing about Alan Moore is like, I've had people come up and tell me like, you guys are costing me too much money because you're talking about all these great whiskey and books. And now I'm just spending all this money. Like, okay. If you don't want to spend money, guess what? There's a Watchmen movie. There's a V for Vendetta movie. And there's an animated version of the killing joke, which is also really good. So you can watch a lot of Alan Moore. It's not the same. It's not the same. No. And there's the Watchmen HBO series. I know. Yeah. (sighs) Which, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten into it yet. It's on my I didn't, list. I didn't I haven't finished it. So like I'm six okay. episodes in and that's gonna like my my one buddy Hong is just like, How have you not finished watching this yet? It was the best TV he watched that year when it came out. Um there's just a lot right. of good content, okay? And there's well, a yeah. lot it takes longer to sometimes read all these books, all right. But it, yeah. again, it's like you said, it's not as good as the source material, and it never is, right? Any even right now, and I'm gonna go a little tiny tangent the wheel of time time. (laughs) yeah right do it and of course it's not as good as the books shut up fans of the books they never are no they never are it's still great i'll give you i'll give you one that's going on right now that is still not as great but is very good hawkeye is crushing right now. oh my gosh it's so Um, good if you haven't read the Matt Fraction run that this is based off of, please go read the Matt Fraction run. So I I was introduced to that. Sorry, we're going to go off topic for a quick second. I just got to <laughs> say this. When I got back into comic books and I was reading, I picked up Hawkeye number one, but it was like Jeff Lemire was writing it. And and it's it's Clinton and, and Kate Bishop. So that was my introduction to Kate Bishop. And then I was talking to the people at Heroes Comics and they were just like, oh, if you're liking this book, have you read the Fraction run? with Kate Bishop. And I was like, no, they're like, stop reading, not stop reading. Yeah. Like go get those, please go get that. Um, it's incredible. And yeah, I know you haven't watched the third episode yet, so we can't, I was going to do a, Hey, we're in a spoiler talk about the third episode, the three episodes of Hawkeye. You haven't watched it yet. I know. So we won't, but, uh, episode three is so good. You're going to lose your, it only came out yesterday. It's not like I'm that far behind. You're going to lose your shit. (laughs) I can't freaked out at twice oh twice now I- once once i really freaked out and then had to explain to my wife why i was freaking out and she was like okay <laughs> but i was yeah. just i was freaking out and cool, then bro. it was just a really cool scene cool yeah, bro. bro anyway bro uh so alan moore is awesome yeah so yeah he's i mean he's up there with 
I mean, all the greats. If if I was making him out Rushmore of comic book writers, um, he's shortlisted for getting one of the spots. Ooh, um, that's now praise. I, I know. So I think that's something we should do. I don't know. At some point, oh, right? Oh God, that'd be so hard. I know, but and that's why I don't want to do it now because I don't want to rattle off, you know people just off the top of my head because like that's something i'd want to put a good amount of thought and research into so we're not gonna do that right now but that's that's how much i like his writing his like the ideas that he comes out with um and and i mean and if you know anything about alan moore the person he's kind of (laughs) crazy and i love watching interviews with him oh man it's yeah love it yeah um, I mean, he's a ceremonial magician. Of course. Uh, I, of course you are. So, but I, anyways, that's uh that's a whole other rabbit hole <laughs> to go down yeah. to, but for this is the essential season. This is an essential book. We hope that you've uh, enjoyed listening to us and we highly recommend that you go out and pick this up. It yeah. did redefine what comic books were. It's not all, you know, happy stories. It doesn't all have to be targeted towards a younger audience. You can have these older themes, these like, like really deep themes of storytelling that have been present throughout the history of stories can be brought in and told really effectively through the comic book medium. So anyways, thank you, Alan Moore for that, because that was a, this is an amazing, amazing addition to the wonderful collection that is yeah. comic books that are out there. What what do you score this? So this this is going, I mean, this is going up towards a nine for me. Um, yeah. and, and it's because it hits deeper than, oh, that's a cool, fun read, right? Like we often drop back to like Shirtless Bear Fighter is a common <laughs> example that we like to give back and forth because yeah. it's a really fun read. It's yeah. very entertaining, but it's, you know, it's surface level. It's a guy who punches bears. Um, This goes a level deeper, right? This takes some of those like insecurities or like the deep fears and thoughts that people have in the dark of night when you can't sleep and you're like, what am I even doing here on this earth? And what does it mean to be, you know, midlife crisis style thoughts? And he puts it onto the page and he explores that and it gets dirty and, you know, it it unhinges two different people who are struggling and grappling with the same thing in very different ways. And I, I find it really interesting. So it's, it's a nine, uh, nine for me. Yep. It's, it's a nine and a half for me. So yeah. like the first, cause it's the trade that we're talking about. So like loose ends, how he just wraps up the story and then gets into the next one. Anatomy lesson. Those, those are just straight tens. I was going to, to say um, if i could the, go back the first three or yeah. four issues I'll, I'll pump up yeah they're a 10 but the, yeah. the back you know after you get through that i mean it's still really great and i still highly recommend it and you know i'm i haven't read his entire run yet i've read volume two of the saga of the the swamp thing so i i've read this one in the next trade i haven't gone and done the entire run so i'm going to i'm thinking about picking up that absolute trade that we talked about the hardcover even though the art's messy not messy it's gorgeous still just different oh sure i'm thinking about picking that up just so that i have it and i've got the full story um but i just found the back half of this trade not as 
and I think it's just because all the groundbreaking stuff is in the character development and then yeah. it's, you know, but like this, the rest of the stories are great, but it's just, you know, not as captivating as the first half. So I'll yeah. drop it down to a measly nine and a half. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's a really cool story where there's like yeah. a psychiatric hospital and sure. like an evil killer monkey that's yeah. trying to take over a boy. Like it's Demonic really cool and stuff. And the, yeah. occult, like it's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. really cool, but it's not the first, three or four. So it's not yeah. the anatomy lesson. So it's great. Um, and yeah. for those who just tuned into this one and you didn't hear the front half, uh, we beastie from Ardbeg is a five-year-old Ardbeg. That's very delicious. Uh, and Alex, unfortunately right you already drank your sample last time when we were doing this, yeah. I had the bottle. So I poured myself a little bit more. I and, like it. And uh, it's wonderful. If you want to hear our thoughts on that, um, it's right over episode. in your feed on the YouTube. Go get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen on your and podcast. It's already there. Yeah, we've also got uh, other reviews of whiskey and other books, and we'll be coming back next week, back with another whiskey uh, in our next pairing. So yeah. make sure you're coming back there. You can follow us on Instagram at the Whiskey Geeks. Whiskey has an E in it because we're inclusive of all whiskeys, <laughs> and it was the Instagram name that we could get. Uh, <laughs> um, WhiskeyGeeks.com. You can email us thewhiskeygeeks at gmail.com. Uh, you know. We're kind of around. Reach out yeah, to love us. Yeah, love to hear your thoughts. If you have questions, send them in. We'll answer them. And, and give uh, us a we, rating we have... and a rev- five-star review oh, and stuff. That's cool. That that'd, be gr- that'd be great. A subscribe. Really a tell a friend. Oh, oh my, my goodness. God. Can you imagine if people actually like posted on their story about how much they like the show? Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be fa- oh, that? my gosh. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, um, yeah, we, so been... we're going to be doing some other stuff too, because there's just been yeah. so much cool stuff that's come out that we need to talk about. So when Hawkeye wraps, we're going to do, we're going to do a Hawkeye. Yep. Uh, when wheel of time wraps so that we're, yep. I mean, it might just be me. I don't know. Giggling yep. for an hour straight. Um, talking about dragon reborn theories. Oh, just I'm all over it, but yeah, yeah so we're going to do so some, I haven't, I haven't read any wheel of time. I'm going into the show cold and I'm waiting for this first season to be done. And then over the holidays, I'm a binge it. And then we'll do an episode on that because then yeah. you can just yeah. do the whole, I've been telling you this for two decades to read these fucking books. You idiot. <laughs> As I'm sitting, I told going, you like, it was a really cool, cool. story. Um, yeah. Wow. I like this. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, so, and there's a ton of other like great stuff that's going to be coming out soon. Like the Witcher starts like season two of the Witcher starts later this month. There's a new Spider-Man uh, movie coming out. Oh, I'm going to be watching uh, the James Bond movie. I know you saw it already. So I'm going to be watching mm-hmm. the new James Bond movie. We've got somebody that we're going to bring in as a guest and we're going to do a big James Bond episode with a um, really cool James Bond bottle of rum. Absolutely. So there is pretty dope and it's really good. Um, and then real quick before we wrap, I finally watched Shang-Chi. I know I'm like nine months late, oh. but uh, that movie Wasn't is it good? awesome. It's yeah. one of the best ones in a long time. Yeah. The the acting was great. The story was great. The, yeah. uh, the I mean, the the fight sequences were incredible. Yeah. Um, that anyway, outside of the getting... building. Uh, so anyways, yeah, we, we keep going. All right. Um, we'll do a big recap of stuff we watch because we did that at the end of the summer of like let's just do a recap of all the stuff we did we'll do a long episode where we catch up on all this stuff and that'll be like yeah. Hawkeye Wheel of Time we'll get into all that but for the Whiskey Geeks uh, hopefully you like this 
episode that started right and then kind of just went off the rails, ah. which is kind of our way. Um, I was going to say, we enjoy talking to each other. <laughs> I know. It's like we're brothers or something. Thanks for checking out the show, folks. Um, as always, come back next week. My name is Tim. I'm Alex. And like always, Scotch and Stories, they were made for each other. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. <laughs>